everyone. Welcome to Coach Out Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. And here's what we've got lined up for you this week. That's fine. But we're still going to prepare you for life skills and, you know, what lies ahead. Because I think, honestly, we have a moral obligation to do it um, to every kid that, that's in our care. So it's certainly... It's centered and fostered around those softer skills more so than kind of a dictatorial authoritative type type culture. Um, and that's where I kind of, we've kind of moved away from, you know, and that's where, like I said, for me, it's it's number one. I think that the soft skills are the most important. Coach Help is here to help you. Do you want guidance on your own personal development? Do you want to reflect better? Coach Help's primary focus is to help teachers, practitioners and coaches to do this. Get in touch today to set up a free consultation and ask any questions. You can follow us on Twitter at CoachHelp3 or email us at CoachHelp123 at gmail.com. Hi Matt, uh, welcome to Coach Help Podcast. Really appreciate you coming on. Also appreciate the time difference as well. So um, like I said different parts of the world um, but no just uh, give us a little intro into you um, and where you're at at the minute please mate yeah absolutely well first of all thanks very much it's good to get this going yeah, um, time zone's better for me than for you I know it's nearly 10 o'clock at night there, so yeah it's like trying to plan my to... working week yeah. <laughs> yeah so I, I appreciate that yeah. um, name's Matthew Manford originally from Preston England um, northwest I've uh, been in America now for eight years. I'm current current title is executive director of Pace Setter Soccer Club, and we're based in Toledo, which is northwest Ohio, uh, in in the US. Brilliant. Uh, and again, going back, so obviously you're originally from Preston. So kind of, where does this all start for you in terms of football and coaching? Yeah. So in terms of in terms of football, like anyone, right? Like. Um, you know, in the Northwest, it's just kind of a religion as it is obviously yeah. in the UK all over. So I started off with a few junior teams and then moved into Preston's Academy for, you know, a little bit there. Um, and then upon kind of release there, 15, 16 now, yeah, something like that. <laughs> um, I went to I went to college actually um, okay. in England. And so from there, I actually got offered a opportunity to go and play in Canada. Right. Um, which I took so it's just before I think I was 18 or 19 when I went to Canada um, played there in the their professional league for a couple of years we ended up doing really well won it um, and so came back to England and played with Ashton United actually I was on trial there and different people and then Aki Stanley trial there yeah. and it wasn't really kind of working out um, to be honest I just wasn't I don't know. I didn't really like the game where it was nearly yeah. you know, 10, 10 years ago. So I didn't really like the game that much over there. So trying to get back over kind of North America side of things. Um, and then I came over to America, played in the summer um, and then kind of just went back and forth for a couple of years. I met my now, now wife. And so got over here almost eight years ago um, and kind of never looked back since really. In terms of coaching, while I was while I was playing at one of my like grassroots teams, um, my coach there was a guy called Andy Pilkinson, and Pilks is now a FA coach developer for the C's and the B's right. um, licenses there. So he's a really really good mentor of mine, and he had a side business and franchise like coaching, and we'd go into schools. So from 
13, yeah, I think 13, 14, I was going into kind of primary schools with with team theme and, you know, running sessions and seeing how things work, coaching kids, all different levels, all ages, all genders. Uh, so that really put me in in good stead, especially looking back now and the work that we do now, that's, that's helped tremendously. And then from there, when I was in Canada, obviously playing for the head coach there, he's UA for pro and stuff. And, you know, seeing the way that he delivered sessions and what, what we were doing there was, was really good. And then he got me involved in the coaching side um, at Kingston as well, which was good. And so we had boys and girls affiliate programs in schools. So we would do it after sessions, you know, they'd kind of come in and we'd, we'd run sessions for them. And so that was good experience. Um, and then from there, when I was over here, I was just doing individual coaching. Um, I mentioned that I went to college for personal training um, and stuff like that. So I started off personal training here uh, and that was just it. There was no kind of football whatsoever or coaching. It was just personal training. And then I had a client whose son wanted to kind of go go down the, the soccer route. So she put me in touch with him. I was working one-on-one with him. And then from there, it kind of got word of mouth, got around a little bit. Um, you know, I was lucky because he was pretty decent, so I didn't do too much. Um, and then they kind of was complimentary about myself. And so from there, I got approached by three different clubs in the area. And that's when I started getting into more kind of full-time coaching. Um, so slowly but surely, every role that I've had, and then I got into the high school, then I got into the college, then I got into ODP side of it, the Olympic Development Programme over here. So every kind of year that I've been here, it just progressed more and more and more. And obviously now it's, it's been more full-time as it goes. So from a coaching standpoint, yeah, almost 15 years of experience now. No, brilliant. So like, explain this Olympic Development Programme to me. Um in terms of what's the setup and what's the kind of end goal, I guess you got it says Olympics. It's something based around that, but um, how does that work in the states? Yeah, so every every state will have an ODP program, um, and the idea is essentially for non-American listeners. Um, it's essentially a satellite venue. So what will happen is we'll get 50, 60 kids into one venue, um, all ages, all genders, and stuff like that. And we'll kind of assess them. And based off of where they are is based our recommendations. So we're in touch with national team scouts all the time and things like that for evaluations. Now, we'll also schedule games state by state. So we went to our regional event, which was in Massachusetts, for example. So we got to play against different states, um, you know, and it was good experience. And there was a lot of national team scouts there, goalkeeping scouts there, all of it. So the end goal is really to kind of be a platform so that they can progress on to, I mean, the, the U.S. national team is is the end goal. Um, but also a lot of college coaches, especially with the older age groups, kind of come around as well. Yeah. So it's just to give them maximum exposure into, into a different environment um, than what they're currently at. So, yeah, the Olympic Development Programme, we produced a lot of national team players previously and, and currently. Um, and then obviously the collegiate side of things as well over here, because that's really the kind of the number one target for, for a player or a person is to go to college. So mm. we help we help with that in, tremendously. No, brilliant. So again, we're probably going to start with kind of where you are now is 
Um, obviously, he'd gone into this kind of really senior role now, and we were chatting around topics to kind of discuss. And the first thing that popped out was almost this developing and creating like a, a high performing football club. So, obviously, going into this role you're in now, is it something that's in its infancy? Is it something that was working really well that just needs tweaks, or have you kind of started from scratch? Yeah, a l- little bit between starting from scratch and in its infancy. Yeah. So, you know, when I came in, um, it was it was kind of a blank canvas. Um, you know, this is a great club, but unfortunately, due to different situations and, and nobody's fault or anything like that, but certain things happen and, you know, steps probably backwards were taken. Mm. Um, you know, and that's that's okay. That's part and parcel of anything, but... Coming in, it was really it was really a blank canvas of just kind of standards and you know processes, procedures, policies, and things like that that were you know not really in place due to kind of a lack of leadership. Yeah. Um, and so, and again, that's no literally a lack of leadership. The position was vacant, so it was it was a case of coming in, assessing that, um, and then trying to get, especially for a high performance environment, it was trying to get the right people in place. And, and like I said, we're still, we're still doing that now, almost six months in now. Um, we're putting some people in place um, where we feel like they'll be successful at. But yeah, it's very much in its infancy at the moment. And we're still in kind of that observation mode of, of you know, who's fitting what we want and, you know, who, who doesn't want that and that's okay. Um, yeah. You know, and we'll have that conversation at, at the end of the year for sure. And have you got kind of a vision of how you would like it to look or have you gone off more, like you said, some of the values that have already been there that need kind of enhancing again? Yeah, a little, little bit of both. Um, you know, I report to a board of directors, so we we share um, an aligned vision, of, of course, which is which is always helpful, yeah. um, you know, to have their support and guidance on it. So we have a, we have a set vision. It's kind of... In between what previously was and, and obviously, you know, as the game evolves and as, as the structure changes, the club has to move forward as well. So there's definitely some old principles. Um, we're not going to get away from history or anything like that. But what we are going to try and do is move it forward, um, reflective of the modern kind of approach and, and game as yeah. we see it going and as the trends are indicating. Yeah. And to get off the pitches of some sort, like you said earlier about some values and beliefs being put in place like what does that look like every day around kind of staff and standards and stuff like that yeah I mean every day in terms of we have a lot of office staff that are here full time um, so we have different departments so we'll have administrative um, you know departments which is kind of like scheduling uh, assessing the referee fees or the player cards I, I mean there's a lot of there's yeah. a lot of logistics that go into it um, and then obviously they're kind of more the front face of the club as well because any kind of HR things that get that get sent to me, I then correspond with the with the admin department on that. Um, then we have a financial department. Obviously we have a coaching department, and then obviously marketing, social media, which again some of it is established, some of it is in its infancy, and some of it we're working towards. Um, at the moment and so like I said once it's all in place it'll be really something and it'll be a kind of a well-oiled machine is what we want it to be Um, you know a streamlined process for everybody in terms of the day-to-day ops it's more kind of you know we have set office hours which we didn't before 
Um, you know, we have set kind of meeting agendas, which which weren't in place. Policies, uh, you know, we have a 24-hour policy. So basically, if if somebody reaches out to a director, they have 24 hours to to assess that and then get in contact with, and that could just be a simple email, text, phone call, chat. No, it doesn't need to be, you know, this kind of grand facade type thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're just kind of search for those just basics that are so evident at kind of in the European environment and over here, it just needs to translate a little bit more, if that yeah. kind of makes sense. Yeah, yeah, no. And then, so would you say that, again, the, the thing that's popping out to me is like you're trying to make it a little bit more pre-organised and structured yeah. to start? Yeah. And again, was that was that kind of one of your goals when you went in? 100%. Yeah. And then in terms of probably the more softer stuff underneath, so again, going back to this kind of beliefs and values, what does your vision of the club kind of outline in terms of what you want to go after on the kind of people side with with your staff and your players? Yeah, so I was actually listening to um, the High Performance Podcast. Um, <laughs> it's, a, it's a good one. And there was an interview with um, a swimming coach called Mel Marshall. Yeah. And I thought she was like one of my favorite episodes and you know i couldn't really find like the words to describe like the purpose really like why we do what we do and and she she said it and it, it just resonated with me so much and so i'll i'll steal it and i won't take any credit for it because it's, it's genius um but it's to illuminate people to shine and thrive on the highest of stages um that's that's players of course um but that's also coaches that's also, you know, our admin department. That's also our board. That's also, you know, our parents, our families. Um, you know, and I think for me, that's the that's the number one goal. And how do we do it? Well, we provide a duty of care for a start. So it's not a transactional relationship. Yeah. It's a genuine relationship of care. Um, and so with those softer skills, it's, it's I've got your back. I'm going to support you to the absolute hilt, but I'm also going to challenge you as well because, you know, those are the tools that you need to become successful in whatever vocation you decide to go into. And if it's not football, if it's not soccer, that's fine. But we're still going to prepare you for life skills and, you know, what lies ahead. Because I think, honestly, we have a moral obligation to do it um, to every kid that, that's in our care. So it's certainly it's centred and fostered around those softer skills, more so than kind of a dictatorial, authoritative type type culture. Um, and that's where I kind of, we've kind of moved away from, you know, and that's where, like I said, for me, it's it's number one. I think that the soft skills are the most important uh, in any any kind of organization, whether that's a coaching one, whether that's a business one, whether that's, you know, a performing arts one, whatever it is. I think that the soft skills are, are absolutely necessary. So we want to provide a safe environment to us, to everybody not limited to just players. This is everybody that comes to our building. I want to provide a secure environment and we want to provide a supportive environment. So I think if we never lose sight of that, um, you know, then soccer is our vehicle that we use to do it. However, you know, the life skills that we learn and we hope to, to guide and hope that the kids and, and people learn throughout is stuff that they can take into any field, anywhere and be successful. No, I love that. What does safe look like? Probably from a, on the spot a little bit, yeah. Like no, that's not how I. Your, no, not not to like stump you, but what does safe look like if I was to walk into kind of your club and 
as a player or a parent. Like, because for me, like everyone has them strap lines, don't they? But then, of course, of course. What what does it actually look like? And yeah. like I said, people like um, rationalize it differently. So, what does it what does it look like at your place? For for players, um, safe looks like the the freedom, the freedom to be creative, to explore, to try new things without getting barked at by by coaches and staff. You know, so it's it's that kind of happy place really we don't want this to be to be a chore and we you know what we deal with a lot is is burnout um especially okay. in the united states they stop playing after 13 yeah um you know i think it's 70 percent of players it was that stopped playing after 13 and you know going back to the drawing board is is why and, and my belief is that because we don't provide that safety that psychological safety for them to express themselves as individuals within the team. So in terms of a player, what does safe look like? It's it's be yourself. I'm not going to try and change who you are because there's nothing wrong with who you are. It's, it's go out, express yourself based off of the framework that we're trying to set as a club that we think will help you be successful on a soccer field. And you can translate those skills into the highest level environment on a soccer field. And so from a parent side of it, it's more, again, you know, constant correspondence with them, constant meetings and speaking. But the, when I say meetings, it's not a formal sit down. It's, yeah. you know, go out for a coffee, go out for lunch. Hey, you know, the past three weeks, I've noticed that this is and this is happening. I just want to make sure everything's OK. What can I do to help? And how can I take off this this external stress that that your child's feeling? And then as a parent, and I'm a father of a six-year-old myself, I mean, I think that's all you ever want, right, is, your, is the best for your child. And so, you know, we have, a, we have a saying here where parents are allies, not enemies. And, mm. and that's something that, you know, I think that we can all say, oh, you know, parents are an issue and stuff like that. But if you bring them along, and, and again, you provide that safety for them to be themselves as well, you know, it's, it's just really authentic and transparent and you find that the kid thrives because you know they've got all the support in the world but they're also challenged as well yeah no so would you say the the word burnout in your case in the states is more geared towards at 13 14 years old and mentally just done the kids it's not so much a physical thing or a technical thing it's more on the mental side 100%. I think the mental side here is the one thing that they overlook the most. Um, I think even more than technical and tactical, um, especially physical. I mean, over here, from a physiological standpoint, they're the best that I've ever seen in, in yeah. the world. I mean, truly, I mean, the dedicated, the committed in the gym at 14, you know, they're doing like lifting programs in high school. They're doing the strength and conditioning like the education that they have around strength and conditioning is probably 10 years ahead of what we are back back in europe yeah but but the technical knowledge is is something that's lacking um however you can coach around that you know if you know what you're doing you, you're fine <laughs> you can coach around yeah. that the the social aspects and the psychological aspects are the most the most uh, the most growth areas for them in, yeah. in general 
Um, and I say for them because obviously I'm not American. Uh, and that's the differences that I notice uh, between a between like back home and then here is I think athletic, athletically here they're, they're unrivaled, but mentally they're just they're put on so much pressure from a, such a young age. And, and it's, yeah, it's a shame to see. Um, but I do think that the psychological resilience we talk about is the one thing that's la- lacking here the most. Yeah. And again, what would you say the key things are psychologically that players, kids are falling down on? Is it resilience? Is it confidence? Or is it is there certain, think, certain issues out there? Yeah, I think I think it's both. I think it's both a resilience and a confidence, and I think they're interlinked. So, example, example, just yesterday, I'll give you. So we were playing a uh, birthday of two thousand eleven, so they're ten ten years old, eleven years old, um, and we had a couple of kids that were nine playing because the you know they they wanted that and. You know, brilliant. So the coach from the other team was just yelling. I mean, just just yelling constantly yeah. about every little thing they did wrong. And I'm thinking, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't like to play in that environment. I don't, you know, I don't know about you. I said to yeah. him, I said, you know, if, I said, you know, if you're just going to uh, heap on the negatives, you're going to crush them. And he just carried on, carried on, carried on. And they scored a great goal and he was still moaning. And I said to him, I said, they've just like, like Barcelona over there. Why don't you praise it? Why don't you focus on the things they're doing well? You know, it's because, and that's, I mean, that's just yesterday, right? That's that's when, you know, people are more educated. They are, they've got all the resources in the world. They're, you know, they're at, these are prestigious clubs that we're playing against as well. And so, you know, the coaching side of it, it needs to be more kind of a softer approach rather than kind of I'm the star of the show and you know I'm gonna I'm I'm here for me I'm not here for you and that's really what I feel like the the confidence and and the resilience is is because if they make a mistake they know they're gonna get absolutely crushed yeah you know if they try a new thing and the coach has said not to do it you know but it's the right decision that's irrespective of anything the coach will hammer them. The parents will then hammer them. And so it's um, it's definitely, you know, a lack of confidence in themselves. Uh, but then the resilience is the ones where you get the confidence, but they've no resilience to face, overcome any adversities then. Yeah. And that's the, that's the challenge as well. So we have a lot of talented kids, for example, at our, at our club, which is, which is great. Every club does. Um, but I don't think we provide them the right challenge. So we'll just have them be the star of the show every week. Yeah. But but that's not really doing a lot for them, is it? It's just going to, you know, they're going to think that the Messi or Ronaldo. And so you get them to 16 and they're going to think the Messi or Ronaldo and they're going to go into that next step and they're not going to be able to cope because, you know, defenders are going to kick them. They're, they're going to, you know, give a bit of the dark arts and things like that. And so there's not enough kind of education on the, on how to build resilience yeah. and what that resilience looks like. Yeah. No, that's a great point. So what what kind of steps do you take at your club, uh, especially in your role, to make sure coaches are kind of doing this stuff and, and promoting this stuff? We have a lot of a lot of evaluations. Um so we have a lot of evals going out for, you know, all ki- all pillars, 
So, you know, all the pillars performance, and then we'll sit down with that particular individual. So the evals don't, again, we're, we're not trying to reinvent a wheel and we're not yeah. trying to make anything too complex. Cause I think honestly, my motto is simple as genius. And so we try and stick by that. Um, a lot of it is, you know, the evaluations are for us and for the parents. So that again, when you asked about the safety and security of the environment, a lot of that is through the evaluations because now they can see that their child is being paid attention to, that we are watching them, that we do yeah. care for their growth, that we are giving helpful suggestions. So as, you know, as a parent, it kind of gets them on the same page quickly. And then from a coach to a player, it also does the same thing because that that particular player knows or that particular individual knows that, hey, my coach is actually only wanting the best for me. And, and you know, I might not have played that game, but but these are the areas that, you know, maybe if I add, I can then go into it. So a lot of conversations, um, a lot of in-person conversations with the coaches, with the with the people, because, you know, I think education is crucial, right? And so rather than a lot of meetings, a lot of times it's, you know, informal. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe I go out for a coffee, maybe I have a phone call, maybe I have a text, text message with a coach, with a with a parent, with a kid, um, you know, with a kid and the parent. Because you, you know, I just think we can all document things and stuff like that, but then I think it gets lost the meaning. Whereas if you're having a conversation like you and I now, you know, it, it becomes a bit more genuine, a bit more mm. authentic. And so that's what we're trying to trying to do here is is more of an authentic feel. Um, you know, and our actions are aligned with that. Yeah, no, I like that. Because again, you talked again when we were chatting about topics around this positive culture. Um, do you have key people in your club who kind of drive this, certain characters? Because again, like there's days people come in and they're in a bad mood at work and or people don't want to do things a certain way. So do you have certain kind of allies within your kind of unit of staff where you go, I can really count on these guys to kind of drive it. Uh, at the moment, we're getting there. We're definitely yeah. moving towards that. Uh, but because again, like with that, you're talking about a cultural shift and a reboot, and so it just takes a lot of time because you know once something's been established as the norm, as as we all know, yeah. it becomes the standard. Then, so to try and come in and you know for myself as well, I'm, I'm pretty young. And we've got some pretty senior staff. And so it's definitely, you know, more challenging than I think people realise. But, yeah, it's a constant work in progress every day. I, I just told one of our admin staff just last week that he needed to smile more. And he started laughing. I said, yeah, if you smile more, it becomes positive, doesn't it? <laughs> and he just starts giggling then. And his whole tone kind of changed. He was getting stressed out about something. Okay. And, um, you know, like we all do, you know, I mean, it's – it's a consuming environment, youth soccer over here. It's, uh, it is. It's a full time grind. It, you know, it can yeah. be. So I try and just come in and, and you know, bit of humour, bit of, bit of fun, bit of playfulness. Um, you know, with the staff. You know, we're preaching these messages to, to the kids. Well, you know, adults need the same thing. You know, adults need to feel valued. Adults need to feel some sense of security mm. within the job and within the role. And so. You know that's what we try and we try and do, but yeah, the positive culture is is always a work in progress, and I think that people that you know kind of assume otherwise are uh, are kidding themselves. To be fair, yeah. Where do these kind of ideas and beliefs come from? Is it 
your personality? Is it experiences you've had in the past of different ways people work? How have you kind of built up this idea going forwards? I think experience um, coupled with personality, because I mean, ultimately in, in the role now, it, it's predicated on what I want. So, you know, what I want is, is what the board wants. What the board wants is what I want. So, you know, so in terms of that, it's a lot of personality for sure. Um, a lot of experiences, soccer and non-soccer as well. Um, you know, a lot of learnings, a lot of, of people that I've been really, really fortunate enough to, to have in my life and in my corner. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of reading, a lot of research, keeping up with the latest trends and stuff like that. Um, you know, I think it's a culmination of things. But yeah, I would say a lot of, of, of lived experiences um, yeah. and then other people's lived experiences as well. And in yeah. multiple cultures and environments and fields, um, coupled with obviously personalities. Because I think, I think we all know the stuff, but it's really your personality that, that comes through. Same in coaching, we all know how to run a session, right? Like we all know what good and you know world class looks like. Yeah. But it's your personality ultimately that that's the key to it. Yeah, to go back, like what couple of people would you say have kind of brought these things to the table or you've nicked things off you said you've experienced some really good people yeah i would i would say um from a management uh man management um in terms of playing coaching coaching men coaching boys and then the softer skills from from a female standpoint um that was probably my dad my mum and dad my parents um there's a lot there's so many coaches that need credit um you know that i'm lucky enough to call friends now mm. and mentors now um you know so many i mean you know from england andy pilkinson for sure um a lad called neil riley who used to pick me up at 7 a.m to go and run saturday morning sessions and you know the the things that nobody sees right but then the talks in the car about certain things, about different, you know, just life in general. And, yeah. you know, you get a sense of all different kind of people, um, you know, going into, you know, just, just going to meet my dad in the pub with his friends, you know, again, not soccer people, but not working in soccer. Um, and so you're exposed to that, uh, you know, coaching here, educators, professors. Um, I was lucky enough to work at colleges and, and things like that. And so, athletic directors, um, you know, all, all, all kinds of people, you know, former coaches, former bosses, um, you know, the whole lot of them have, have all played a massive part without probably realising it. Yeah. And again, tying it up a little bit is, what are your kind of targets and goals now at your new club in terms of probably personally to you in terms of where you want to take it? And then obviously the bigger picture of where, where they want to take it. Well, we want to we want to be kind of recognised nationally um, as a leading youth youth development program. So we want kids to that that come out of Paysetter to go on to, you know, big things and and successful things in whatever vocation they want to get into. Um, you know, from our standpoint, we want you know MLS clubs and professional clubs and academies overseas to be like, you know what. 
let's go to Paysetter and let's see, because we know that they've got three or four kids in each age group that we could, you know, have a look at and see if, if it's a good fit. Yeah. Um, in terms of, you know, where we want to go, you know, as a club to that next level, it's, it's the highest leagues possible. So that would look like a, an MLS next. Um, that would look like a USL franchise possibly because um, we definitely don't have 300 million to get into the MLS <laughs> um, as a franchise. And so it's it's definitely, like I said, it's always the highest level possible. Um, for the youth, that looks a little bit different. And then we hope to bring professional teams here um, under the Paysetter name or under the Toledo name so that we can be, you know, a force nationally and globally. No, I really like that. So again, where does that fit with you personally and kind of where you see your ambitions long-term? Yeah, it's it's funny because I get asked that quite a lot. And when I'm in kind of this, any role, um, I, I throw myself all into it. And so I don't try and look too far into the future because I think if, you know, I think a, a big learning that I've had is if you do that, then you just kind of become stagnant and you plateau mm. and you never kind of reach that that ceiling anyway because you know you're always thinking about it so you're not really kind of in the present so you can't affect things so it doesn't matter about the future if I'm not doing a good job here then I'm not going to get to to anywhere that's perceived as better um for myself it's always been to to be working at the highest level to be coaching at the highest level possible yeah um you know whatever that will be and and like I said I'm open to anything and everything but I'm loving the role that I'm in now um I think a lot of skills that I learn and practice every day here can be transferred into into any level, any business, any any organization, whether that's, you know, in the professional soccer world or or any business and honestly any field. Um, they're so translatable and interlinked. And so I'm loving that. Um, you know, because I feel like I learn every day and I feel like I grow every day. So I'm lucky. Uh, but yeah, that's that's my ambition is to try and get this club to, to the levels where I know it can um, because I think that the community needs it in general in Northwest Ohio, um, you know, and I think that we can, we can help so many people and that that's really what it's all about, right? It's trying to help as many people as possible. Yeah, no, I think that's a great way to end, no. Brilliant, Matt. Thank you for your time. Really appreciate it, mate. Tom and Lewis, thank you very much. Hopefully I didn't talk your ear off and... Uh, <laughs> Hopefully there's some positive things there for your listeners to take up on. No, loads of stuff. Cheers, mate. <laughs> Cheers, mate. Thanks very much.